Oh, let's get it. Monday, October 18th, 2021. Born the Battle, brought to you by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, the podcast that focuses on inspiring veteran stories and puts a highlight on important resources, offices, and benefits for our veterans. I'm your host, Marine Corps veteran Tanner Iskra. However you listen to this podcast, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, the player inside the blog on blogs.va.gov. Hope you're having a good week outside of podcast land. I uh, I got out again last week, not this weekend, you know, because Monday I record these two, like two weekends ago. Uh, I was part of Irreverent Warriors. I went on a silky hike with about 300 other veterans in support of Irreverent Warriors mission to use humor and camaraderie to improve mental health and prevent veteran suicide. It turned into about an 11 mile hike around DC. We hit most of the major monuments, met up with an honor flight at the World War II Memorial and welcomed some of the older generations. That was my favorite part by far. Uh, World War II Korean and Vietnam veterans. Uh, it was an amazing scene. Uh, most of the attire of the hike were, uh, were a lot of silkies, the shorter the better, uh, plate carriers and combat boots. Met up with a lot of old friends, met some new ones, Met some coworkers, some podcast guests in person for the first time, like Reverend Warriors President Cindy McNally. It all ended at the American Legion Post 8 in D.C., where there was some food, some cheap refreshments. All in all, it was a great time getting together with other veterans. Good stuff. A couple ratings, uh, two new reviews came into Apple Podcast. This one is from Isenma. I is Anma. Okay. It says five stars, brilliant podcast. Born the Battle does an excellent job of including a diverse range of guests. And Tanner is a fantastic host. Why, thank you very much. Uh, he's always able to make guests feel at ease in sharing their incredible stories. The podcast has the perfect balance of important information, humorous and inspiring stories, and conversations about serious or difficult topics. Uh, appreciate you recognize that is Anne Ma. Uh, I, I try not to stay with just, just one tone here on Born the Battle. We have a saying here among my, me and my coworkers that if you want veterans to eat their veggies, i.e. listen to the information that they need to hear about their benefits, you got to feed them the dessert first. Uh, like some of our saved rounds that we have at the end of our episodes. Uh, glad you enjoy the podcast. Glad you enjoy it. And I appreciate you writing in. Second one is from a V Walburn says five stars. Another great episode. Absolutely love the episode with World War II veteran Fanny Griffin McClendon. I had read the story in American Legion magazine several months ago about this unit. Loved hearing her voice and enthusiasm for life. A wonderful woman with a lot of love for life. Great job, Tanner. Vince Walburn, U.S. Air Force. Vince, uh, man, Fanny sure is a spitfire, right? Uh, she is now 101 years old. Still sharp as a tack. Uh, glad we were able to get her story on the podcast. And I definitely appreciate you leaving that review. As you already know, I'm looking for that next review. If you haven't yet, please consider writing one for Born the Battle on Apple Podcasts. Doing so does help us climb higher in the algorithms, giving more veterans a better opportunity to discover and listen to the interviews, our benefits breakdown episodes like this one, and hear what's in our news releases. It's also the best way for me to communicate with you. We've got two news releases for you this week. First one says, for immediate release. The Department of Veterans Affairs awards nearly $16 million through its annual Adaptive Sports Grant Program 
to 102 national and community groups offering adaptive sports and equine therapy. The 2021 grants will support more than 13,500 disabled veterans and members of the armed forces to engage in sports opportunities, including cycling, equine therapy, kayaking, pickleball, hunting, and skiing. Recipients of VA's adaptive sports grants are headquartered in 32 states, the District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico. The grants will also benefit Olympic and Paralympic national governing bodies, which prepare athletes for higher level competition. That's to get veterans into those competitions. Now, a breakdown of VA's adaptive sports grants for fiscal year 2021 include 90 grants for adaptive sports, 12 for equine therapy, uh, over $14.5 million for adaptive sports, and just under $1.5 million for equine therapy. Grant recipients can use the funds for planning, developing, managing, and implementing adaptive sports programs. Grants are awarded annually, and recipients must apply each year for consideration. To learn more about the awardees and the adaptive sports program, go to blogs.va.gov forward slash NVSPSE forward slash grant hyphen program. All right, last one says for immediate release, the Department of Veterans Affairs through a recent partnership with the ALS Association is increasing the number of clinics certified by the ALS Association as a treatment center of excellence. The Alliance aims to improve care for veterans diagnosed with ALS, otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease, and increase awareness of resources and treatment options available. While there are no known cures, treatment options can reduce damage caused by the disease relieve symptoms, and improve one's quality of life. Research shows those who served in the military are more likely to develop ALS than those who have not. Veterans can also enroll in the National ALS Registry at www.cdc.gov forward slash ALS forward slash default.html, which helps health experts enhance the standards of ALS care and seek a cure. Currently, VA has 11 treatment centers of excellence that exceed nationally accepted standards of care. To be certified, clinics must meet high level of treatment standards, participate in ALS-related research, and successfully complete a comprehensive review. To learn how to create a health partnership like the ALS Association has with the VA, go to www.va.gov forward slash health partnerships. For caregiving tips for veterans diagnosed with ALS, please visit www.caregiver.gov dot va dot gov forward slash tips underscore by underscore diagnosis forward slash als dot asp all right for this week's benefits breakdown you can follow along with the interview by downloading some of these mobile mental health apps right on your phone and to break down these apps we have dr tim avery he's a navy veteran a clinical psychologist that works at a va vet center and he helped give feedback on many of these apps as they were in development. Enjoy. I wanted you to come in for a breakdown on what VA mobile mental health apps are and what they can do for veterans. But because you were just a part of that program, but right now you're at a vet center, right? Correct. Now with, with recent events in Afghanistan, I know the VA's put it out there. Vet centers are a great resource for veterans right now that are that are dealing with some of the emotions of that of what's going on out there. Uh, now we did a complete uh, benefits breakdown on vet centers, and it's in our archives here at, at Born the Battle. Um, but can you tell me why vet centers are an important resource right now? 
Great question. Uh, some vet centers are geared towards veterans with certain experiences, and some of them do or do not qualify for VA care. So we have a slightly different audience um, to include military sexual trauma, deployment to a combat zone, and, and some veterans have different definitions of combat. But for, for VA's purposes, if you deploy to a combat zone, you're a combat veteran. Uh, mm -hmm. Drone operators, mortuary affairs, um, drug interdiction ops, and um, responses to disasters on behalf of the country. And vet centers are a great resource. 70% of the staff are veterans, and they're, they're originally developed by veterans for veterans to focus on particular adjustment challenges that veterans tend to experience. Uh, there's no diagnosis required. Uh, we do counseling here. We don't do treatment. Uh, some individuals do engage in treatment. But that awareness of the common veteran experience, and, and nobody has one, there's not one set of experiences, but there's a lot of overlap and, and some commonalities amongst veterans. And it's a good place to help process that transition from military to veteran to include active duty folks and reservists, people who are still in, yeah. uh, with a greater emphasis on the challenges that uh, are particular to veterans, such as uh, the withdrawal from Vietnam, uh, which a lot of Vietnam veterans are currently really have present in their mind as they watch the current service members and veterans uh, adapt to the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And I was uh, wondering if you were seeing some parallels there and if, and if vet centers are seeing some, some Vietnam veterans come in at the same time that these OAF and OEF veterans are, which again, uh, you're, you're a Navy veteran yourself. OEF, right? O OIF. OIF. Uh, so you're part of that community as well. Um, with these recent events, what are you seeing either at your vet center or within the vet center community? Yeah, some folks are coming in really upset. Um, they, some have established care here and, and they've realized they're having increased nightmares or just greater anxiety and stress listening to the news. So they're aware of the resource and they come in and they want to, uh, they know the value and then they want to talk to somebody. Uh, some new folks are, are coming into vet centers asking for support because, like you said, the VA. Uh, put out recent um, awareness campaign more about what vet centers offer. Uh, so we are seeing uh, both of peop people who already know about vet centers uh, increase stress right now, and uh, some folks who didn't know about us before are reaching out. So I'm so glad you, that they you, are. Your guys' job is pretty much to help them process through some of these emotions that they're feeling right now. Absolutely. Yeah, with, with individual and group counseling. Very good. Very good. Um, now, one last thing before we dig into to VA mobile apps, uh, you're a Navy veteran yourself. Uh, every With every veteran that we bring on board in the battle, uh, we ask the same question just to kick it off, kind of. Uh, when did you decide to join the Navy in the first place? When did you know that the military service was going to be the next step in your life? Uh, for me, I couldn't afford to go away to college. I was living at home and going to community college. Uh, mm -hmm. This was late 90s. And uh, the recruiter called me on the right day. I was in the right frame of mind and I was willing to enlist. Um, so for me, it was opportunities. Uh, but I often point out that the reason people join the military is often different than the reason they stay in the military. Sure. Uh, so, uh, so initially it's for benefits. And then after um, my, my people were still serving, people I joined with. So <laughs> is it, is it kind of weird when you see like, you know, you, guys that you were boots with kind of now they're like leading troops or they're they're you know the serious 
either senior enlisted or, or, or leaders, you know, officer leadership positions that you like, I remember when you were like a Lieutenant or a, or a seaman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now uh, on my, my Facebook feed, I constantly see my classmates and schoolmates. I ultimately got commissioned and they're leading warships now. And that's, uh, I, I am proud of being a, a counselor at the vet center. Uh, but they are no doubt uh, knocking out of the park in their careers, which I'm very excited for them. But it is strange to to watch <laughs> that progression as as I got out. Outstanding, absolutely. Um, now, what is, what has your journey been, and what's it been like helping other veterans now at VA? Now you have a doctorate in psychology. Um, how did you how did you make that journey to where you are today, and what's it like in your role today at VA? Um, well, I, I made the transition uh, after deployment. I deployed as a reservist, came back to my civilian job and got orders again to go back because it felt weird being in civilian role. And mm. I felt a, a need to solidify my path. And I sat down and did what color is your parachute? And some TAPS programs offer this book. It's a great self-guided uh, structured approach to looking at the skills, interest values that are meaningful to you. And the field of psychology had the best combination of the way I like to think. I like to problem solve. Uh, I like to use existing systems and theories. And I like to work with individuals and help them achieve their goals. And the field of psychology had the best combination of, of all those skills. And uh, so I, I made that transition after talking to a few psychologists. And um, it was my third career. So I didn't have a strong psychology background. I needed to find a way to get started. And so I was simultaneously doing prerequisite classes and applying to schools. I applied master's and doctorate. And so it just kind of naturally shaped up. And I, I continued to work my edge and say what interests me. And luckily, after a couple other careers, more confident in myself saying, what feels good? What do I want to do? And and I let uh, I didn't get too hung up with the details uh, just what opportunities come available, what fits best with where I want to be. And I got into grad school and uh, discovered how much uh, culture matters in terms of counseling and military mm. as a culture and how much stigma there is in the military and how few veterans are trained in mental health. Uh, so it just naturally drifted towards serving veterans more. Got yeah. you. So uh, first career Navy, third career psychologist. What was that second career? Oh, um, management consulting. Okay. Uh, so I did a little bit of both. I went reserves, very supportive company. I'd go reserves and then I'd come back and do consulting and then I'd go reserve, go activate for four to 14 months and kept going back and forth for a few years. Okay. And uh, I'm assuming that you were on your GI Bill or some sort of uh, education along the way you were doing that to get where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my program had the yellow ribbon. My grad school had yellow ribbon, which was fantastic in the state of California. It's so expensive to live. And uh, yeah, GI Bill was a huge benefit. It was like winning the lottery. It's absurd how much money um, was put behind my education. And I'm really thankful for it. Very good. Very good. Uh, what's it mean for you as a veteran to be able to give back in the capacity that you have now? Um, well, uh, leave no one behind. And people get left behind and uh, maybe not physically, uh, but parts themselves. And uh, I, I think my personal mission is to help people be their fullest self. And there's not one way to do that. Okay. And uh, I think many veterans um, 
aren't aware of the ways in which they are themselves. They feel lost. They feel like something's missing, and it's there. They they just they've been paying attention to other things and looking at things in a certain way for a few years, so they forgot that those things are there. And I like to help them rediscover those parts themselves, so they're, they're they feel whole again. I think they're whole the whole time. They just don't feel whole, sure. uh, and, it, and it's very um, it's very meaningful to me to help them return to that sense of wholeness. Very good. Very good. Um, okay. Uh, VA mental health mobile apps. Uh, quick overview. What are they? Uh, they are free uh, mobile apps by the VA that people, many of them are designed to use on your own. Just keep in your phone or your tablet in your pocket. And they have information, skills, uh, sometimes tracking symptoms and connection to additional resources to help people deal with whole sorts of issues from anger to sleep to post-traumatic stress, relationships. And um, and there's also some that parallel existing evidence-based treatments. So you don't have to do all the worksheets and carry around a binder and write everything down. It's all right in the phone, depending okay. on the approach. So gotcha. over 20 of them have developed over the last mm, 13 years. 13 years. Um, what was your role? I know you, that was kind of where you were at before vet centers. What was your role in developing these apps? Uh, so I was not on the development side. I was on the okay. side of the team that helped people adopt them into care. Uh, so a lot of folks either know about these apps or, uh, and they don't know how to use them or they don't even know they exist. So we are part of helping staff know how do I talk about this to a veteran and how might I incorporate this into the services that I provide? Um, but then uh, the other side, the, the development team, a, a great group of folks, uh, they would we would bring feedback from the people we're working with, uh, some of them veterans, some of them physicians or nurses or administrative assistants, or even we had, we had police and chiropractors, a whole bunch of different roles participating. And they say, hey, I don't understand this, or this doesn't seem to be working, and I'd like it to do this. And we'd bring that back to the development team, uh, and, and as they're iterating and, and developing these, they would incorporate that information uh, to refine the apps because these aren't a solid done product. They, uh, th There's a they're, version that's out now, and then we're constantly refining them and improving them based on user feedback. They're a live update type of app that are, I can't remember what, um, I was talking to uh, more. Uh, she was with, um, my gosh, Internet service provider, I think Verizon. I think Verizon. No, not Verizon. Anyway, she was talking about like what, like actively updating, like like that's kind of like the model a lot of technology businesses are going through. So VA is doing that with these mobile apps. They're actively updating these. Am I correct? Absolutely. Okay. First of all, like you said, these these are free apps. Um, I, I saw about twenty in the VA app store. By the way, can you get these apps in the traditional app stores like Google Play or Apple? Or do you have to go to the VA app store? Uh, these are on Google Play and the yeah. app store. Uh, okay, if so you go to a VA site, it's going to link you back to, uh, depending on your device, to the appropriate store. Gotcha. So you can look for like COVID Coach or, or all these other co these other apps and you can find them literally in the app store. That's awesome. Yes. Because my, my initial thing is I saw them on the, on the VA app store. So it's good to know that you can actually find them. Uh, where, the, where most apps are. Um, now I'm seeing a lot of the coaches, a lot of these things uh, like, you know, they're on different subjects like smoking, drinking, PTSD, uh, family, mindfulness, uh, MST, lots of stuff. How, 
you kind of gave a quick overview of how they're developed. Um, what goes into developing, say, an app like the Insomnia Coach? Like what in the development phase, like the initial development phase, how, how do they figure out that this is an app that we need and this is how we are going to structure that app? Yeah. Uh, so having listened to the app, the development folks talk and contributing, we'll, we'll get into a specific one of our late, most recent features uh, before okay. the end. Uh, starts with evidence. So what are, uh, these aren't evidence-based treatments. These are not treatments in and of themselves. They supplement treatment. Okay. And, but we know these evidence-based treatments have certain components, certain information that tends to be useful, skills that tend to be effective. And if we have evidence to say these are effective on a sheet of paper or in a meeting with a counselor, uh, then it's realistic that they could be useful in digital form in a mobile app. So there's the first idea. Is there any evidence to suggest this tool could be useful? Um, and then feedback from the field. What are sometimes providers or veterans themselves saying, hey, I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to track my sleep more easily rather than having these big sheets with many columns. So there's <laughs> there's CBTI coach and insomnia coach. Um, I, I'm seeing folks with a lot of anger and we're doing these worksheets uh, and they tend to forget their worksheets. It'd be good if they had something in their pocket that they're not going to forget. So we have aims for anger management. Um, so it's a combination of evidence and need from both staff and people who provide these type, this type of care and from veterans who say what they're concerned about. Okay. So this isn't just something that, uh, I mean, one, as a veteran, that's not even with VA, you can download these, or even if you're not a veteran, you can download these, but right. these are, sound like tools that also like, it sounds like clinical psychologists within VA or, or uh, social workers that are working with veterans, they can work on this together. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes uh, a provider knows that they want particular skills they're going to teach or certain worksheets instead of, especially in the age of telehealth, I can't print it out and hand it to you through the screen, but yeah. I can ask you to download it and we can do it on the phone together. So I'm, I'm not really changing what I do. I am just utilizing a digital version of what I already do so that that could, that could be what it looks like in care. Very good. Very good. Uh you know, personally, when the news release came in, I downloaded the COVID coach and personally I was, I was impressed with what was in it, uh, all the assessments and whatnot, the stress management reminders, uh, techniques, uh, the tests on your anxiety, um, all the different resources that are at the touch of a button, easy enough layout. Uh, give me an example of how these coaches work. Um, say I just downloaded the act coach. Uh, what am I going to see? And are these all similar or all these different are these like similar layouts or are, are all these kind of different? Uh, somewhere in the middle. So they tend to have some core features that might be a different name. So I talked about providing information that's often called the learn function. Mm -hmm. uh, but depending on the app, it might be under a different title. Uh, so there's going to be some sort of psychoeducation. What is this? Uh, what are the common symptoms of this thing? How long does it last? Uh, how might it show up in my life? What might I do about it? That's in there. And, and then uh, skills, uh, some sort of coping skills. I, I click on that and it'll list some are broken down by symptom. I don't know what skill I want, but I know that right now I'm feeling really, um, really irritable. Uh, so I can find that symptom and then I'll recommend tools in the app that I could use having to do with irritability. Um, 
So that, there's the coping skills. And then tracking. Uh, so you mentioned some measures. I might want to see those, see how my symptoms are changing over time. It's not diagnosing me. I'm not getting a diagnosis from it. But I can use it to say, hey, I noticed that this is going up. My my mood is decreasing or my anxiety is increasing. And hey, I'm going to go get help now. And then last uh, might look like something called get support. Uh, so the veterans crisis line, or I'm experiencing alcohol use problems. Who can I ask for more information on that? There might be phone numbers or web links. So these are the four main features that are in every app in some capacity. Um, and there is a, a common format across some of them, but depending on what we're trying to achieve, um, we're trying to be innovative and, and make it as useful as possible. So sticking sure. to just that that core um template, which PTSD coach might be a good example of the core template, um, in other instances might not be as practical. So they innovate and come up with a slightly different front page, so to speak. So I was seeing one app uh, in there called Couples Coach, and it made me realize that, you know, these apps just aren't for the veterans. They can be for the spouses, family members, something like that. Uh, Something with like Couples Coach, what can the family member glean from some of these apps? Yes. Well, at a minimum, just like veterans information. So there's information and we have PTSD family coach as well for members of uh, loved ones of those who have PTSD and something like couples coach. uh, This is unique as a feature that hasn't been tried in other apps in which you can pair with somebody else's app and you have personal missions like what is my love language? uh, How do I communicate? And then sharing some of that information back and forth with your partner and, and going on missions together. The app will guide you through missions that can help enhance your communication uh, or even your boundaries. So where do I stop and where does this person begin? What is my responsibility for, for me versus us? Uh, and that could be help communication and relationships, just knowing those boundaries. Um, or even how do I communicate something? I, I want to say more nice things and I just haven't been doing that. And it's a skill I've got out of. These are skills that can be developed. Um, so in, in the case of couples coach, uh, couples can work on, on some personal things and things related to the couple to enhance their relationship. Gotcha. Very good. Very good. Um, training, what training, if any, does one need to use these effectively? Uh, so the self-care apps, which aren't the ones that necessarily parallel an evidence-based therapy with a provider, the self-care apps, no training required. Uh, download, anybody can use them, veteran, non-veteran, active duty. Uh, no personal health information is shared, so nobody can identify that you, in fact, have this on your phone unless you pick up your phone and show it to them. Yeah. Um, and they tend to, there's a couple introductory screens for the apps. This is where to find these features. This is what this is. And if you'd like more information on our YouTube playlist, the VA has a YouTube channel in that there's an apps playlist and there's three to six minute videos orienting you to some of the core features of many of our apps. Uh, so if it's not intuitive to you or you got a few minutes, you can just go to YouTube and, and uh, search on the app of interest. And uh, it's it's like like a provider in front of you explaining what's, what are the core features? Yeah, that's for all the, all the boomers out there. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Give me a, like a, an example of where you've seen somebody use this app, use any one of these apps to better, better their lives, where it's been a great tool uh, in their, 
in their journey? Yeah. Uh, a couple examples we use in our training and uh, one uh, it parallels recent experiences. Folks were having difficulty on the 4th of July uh, with booms and explosions, and it it's nat naturally creates anxiety in people with post-traumatic stress even more so. Um, and around here, they're illegal, so they might have additional frustration around people illegally blowing things up by your home. Um, but enough said about that. Uh, Are you and, in California? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. We have, uh, we get dryness and wildfires here. Yeah, absolutely. And so in the moment, especially if it's evening time or middle of the night, if you wake up and fireworks are going off or you have a nightmare, most providers aren't available at that time. And if you absolutely need help, of course, call the Veterans Crisis Line. But these apps are very empowering and that you have a lot of resources at your fingertips. So in those instances I mentioned, veterans have brought up PTSD coach. And you don't have to have PTSD to use PTSD coach. It's got a lot of stress-oriented skills. Um, and then use some progressive muscle relaxation, be guided through that, or ways of distracting or, or shifting attention. And then maybe that that re that anxiety in the moment softens and you're mm. able to get back to sleep or get back to what you're trying to pay attention to. Um, and then maybe you talk to a, a counselor the next day or next week when you have an appointment. Uh, but sometimes people just having a few coping skills in their pocket is all they need. And actually don't, they don't need a counselor right now. They, they have tools they could use on their own. Um, and then there's also information on how to connect to the counselor. So my tools aren't working anymore. I've been trying PTSD coach. Uh, my anxiety just won't go down. Not seem, they don't seem to be effective for me. Uh, how can I find a counselor? And it'll point you back to a VA or vet center or other resources in the community. There's just some examples of what this might look like. Very and good, I could really good. spend literally all day explaining different ways that people can use these apps. Okay. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate the, the couple that you, sh you showed me. Um, what, what's your, what's you personally, what's your favorite app or the one that you're like, Hey, I, I really like this one. I recommend this one. This one I saw personal value in my own life or in, in somebody else's life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just so happens that my favorite app is the most popular of our apps, Mindfulness Coach. Mm. And uh, it, it's got a couple cool features to include, include 14 levels of mindfulness training. And I've heard some veterans say that they've had multiple providers try to teach them mindfulness. None of it worked. They tried Mindfulness Coach, and that's what clicked for them. Great. So different strokes for different folks. Don't assume any one thing. Uh, but when I joined the team last uh, two years ago now to to help uh, train folks in utilizing these tools, I went through that 14 levels myself. And I already do some mindfulness and meditation and yoga, uh, but I purposefully went through those 14 levels. And I noticed improvement in my day-to-day -day interactions. I was less anxious. Uh, I was more attentive to the people I was speaking with. My days just seemed to go more smoothly. Um, and so it's not just for beginners. Anybody can benefit from this. And what I like, there's a lot of paid apps or apps that take personal information to digest it and to turn it into other materials to make money off of. A VA doesn't do that. Uh, we do do research on uh, app use, but not any. We don't have any one individual's uh, information tied to them. Uh, that the it's simple enough to use. There's a lot, yeah. the, I've I've downloaded some of the the private ones out there. 
Um, and they're so complicated. And every time I come in, they look a little bit different and I can't find what I liked the last time I used it. Mindfulness Coach is consistent. It's easy to use. Um, and there's additional, if there's not enough in there, there's additional downloads under tools. You can scroll down if you have internet connection. You could download uh, close to 70, 80 more recordings of different practices uh, if mm. you don't have enough in the built-in app and, and the initial download. Uh, so Mindfulness Coach is my personal favorite. I hear the word mindfulness a lot in the VA. Uh, what is mindfulness? So there's not one definition, but we tend to accept for the sake of communication, a definition that we tell everybody. Sure. It is non-judgmental self-awareness of the present moment. Um, mm. So I might, it might involve being aware of how I'm thinking right now. What thoughts am I having or what are the sensations in my body? Um, and what I like about mindfulness is veterans have learned to track a lot of information at one time, typically some sort of checklist uh, and some sort of procedure because there's so much that we can't predict or control in a combat environment or a ship at sea or a, air, a plane in the air. There's a lot we can't control. So we try to control as much as we can to have this information organized in our brain. Yeah. And most things in life don't require that type of bandwidth of information. Uh, and I think the best way to utilize that information or that resource once we get out, instead of just worrying and ruminating and trying to find out where the problem is or like uh, all the different ways we might misapply those skills, is to fill up that bandwidth with mindfulness. What is going on in my body right now? What do I need in this moment? What do I think that person needs? My family member, my colleague, uh, the stranger I met on the street. Um, and what do I want to do about it? So I think mindfulness is the best tool for transition from the military. Very good. Very good. Very interesting. Uh, like you said, uh, I was very impressed when I downloaded the COVID coach. Uh, the UI was extremely intuitive. Um, Tim, is there anything that I've missed or haven't asked in reference to, to VA mobile mental health apps uh, that you'd like to share? Great question. So lots of great resources, many apps. And one of our newest features we're really excited about is the digital safety plan. So this is part of suicide prevention. The VA okay. already uses a six-step safety plan and it's shown to be effective. The only difference here is it's in a digital version. So I might lose, if I write this safety plan on a sheet of paper, I can lose that paper. I might not have it with me when I need it. Uh, but if I have the digital version, most people keep their phone with them. And a safety plan is to help us ride through crises and prevent us from hurting ourselves. And these six steps, the app, ideally you're doing it with a provider to, to walk you through it, to make a full, robust, useful safety plan. But there's enough information here that if for some reason you're not willing to talk to a provider right now, or you're not able to for some reason, it'll guide you through the creation of the six-step safety plan. Uh, and there's enough examples in there to uh, maybe you're not, uh, you know, not exactly sure what to enter. You could use the examples in there, such as when I'm just starting to get upset, I, I might uh, go for a walk or take a shower. Uh, or, or different things that can just get me out of my current funk. Uh, and then the each step gets more and more involved uh, 
to uh, up to and including calling the crisis line or admitting myself to an emergency room. Uh, but the point is to get early enough in that process so so that we don't get to that. But if yeah, we so do, we yeah, yeah. But if we do that because we're not very good at critically thinking when we're really stressed and we're in these crisis modes, we could use these steps. So we don't have to think so hard, just like we use checklists in the military so mm. that I can do each step that I do that. Okay. That didn't work for me. Did I do the next one? That didn't work for me. Um, so that we're getting ahead of any potential self-harm and you don't have to have committed suicide or, or attempted to hurt yourself to utilize this. Um, but you certainly, certainly should have a safety plan if you have, but even people who have just had thoughts about it. Uh, can benefit from having a safety plan. Very good. And it's Very built good. into PTSD coach at this time with a standalone version coming in the next calendar year. Okay. Okay. So there, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's easily, it's easy. It's beyond the top instead of like in a button or something as part of another. Right. Under PTSD coach, under the la the three bars in the top left of most of our apps, we call that the lateral menu. You could find more information there and there's the safety plan is listed. Very good. And, uh, it's a very powerful tool. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like it. Um, so I, I, when you were talking about it, I was already thinking of like, you know, friends, colleagues, you know, uh, that, that, that I could see might want to use that. Um, is there anything that as a parting shot, you would like to say to any veteran or service provider that might be listening to this? Um, that there's something out there for you, whether it's Vet Center or a mobile mental health app or other resources. Uh, uh, Veterans Health Administration has a lot available to help you meet your goals. Um, whether you're a provider, we have consultation at the National Center for PTSD. Uh, if there's technical issues with the apps, mobile mental health at va.gov, let us know and we take that feedback and try to resolve it. Um, and if you want more information, uh, National Center for PTSD at ptsd.va.gov, the left column there, to click the, there's apps and videos, click on that, get more information on where to download, flyers for for yourself or for others. Um, and let people know about vet centers. Uh, we continue to meet people who uh, are surprised that they said that I just met somebody from Vietnam recently who was surprised that these still these exist and he's been since Vietnam didn't know they they were out there. Uh, so not enough people know about it. So if you've heard this podcast, you know about them now, whether you're a VA staff or a veteran or active duty, uh, let other people know about the vet centers. All right. Appreciate you, uh, Tim. Appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I think this whole, the whole app thing, again, I, I like vet centers, I don't think enough people know about them. Uh, thank you for coming on and, and illuminating as many people as possible. Thank you for having me. We served our country like those before us. The camaraderie is what kept me going. You know, it was a dangerous area. All of Vietnam was dangerous. I didn't know what to expect when I get back. For the first 10 years after I got out, no one would have known that I was in the service. I got home, got married two weeks later, got a job. We came back, built lives, families, and communities, but we still had challenges. The carnage of war left an indelible mark on me. I would have intrusive thoughts. Yeah, horrible nightmares. 
Services and support that can help are available for veterans. I went to the VA, talked to my doctor. I started doing groups. I started doing one-on-one -on -one counseling. We found ways to move past these challenges for ourselves and for our families. At maketheconnection.net, you can hear our stories and find tools and services available to you. The more I talk to people, family, friends, other vets, the better I feel. I want to thank Dr. Avery for coming on. If you've downloaded some of these apps and used them now due to this episode, please leave a review of the app on the App Store. And please leave a review on Apple Podcasts about this episode and let other veterans know that they're out there. You can find the entire list of apps at mobile.va.gov forward slash app store forward slash veterans. You can download them there or you can find them on Google Play or on the Apple App Stores. This week's Born the Battle of Veteran of the Week is from our VA Veteran of the Day program. Every day, our digital media team honors a veteran on all of our social media platforms and with a blog on blogs.va.gov. You can nominate the veteran in your life by sending in a short write-up and about five photos to newmedia at va.gov. Born and raised on a family farm near Spartanburg, South Carolina, Michael Edwin Thornton enlisted in the Navy in 1967. After successfully completing basic training at the Naval Training Center in San Diego, California, Thornton completed SEAL training. After starting with a class of 129 recruits, he was one of 12 to graduate. On October 31st, 1972, Thornton accompanied Lieutenant Thomas Norris and a three-man South Vietnamese Navy team on his fourth tour in Vietnam near Kua and I'm hoping I'm saying that right, near the Kua Viet River base in South Vietnam. The men went on an operation to gather intelligence and capture prisoners. Now, the following is from Michael Thornton's Medal of Honor citation about that day. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while participating in a daring operation against enemy forces, Petty Officer Thornton, an assistant U.S. Navy advisor along with a U.S. Navy lieutenant, serving as a senior advisor, accompanied a three-man Vietnamese Navy SEAL patrol on an intelligence gathering and prisoner capture operation against an enemy-occupied Navy river base. Launched from a Vietnamese Navy junk in a rubber boat, the patrol reached land and was continuing on foot towards its objective when it suddenly came under heavy fire from a numerically superior force. The patrol called in naval gunfire support and then engaged the enemy in a fierce firefight accounting for many enemy casualties before moving back to the waterline to prevent encirclement. Upon learning that the senior advisor had been hit by enemy fire and was believed to be dead, Petty Officer Thornton returned through a hail of gunfire to the lieutenant's last position, quickly disposed of two enemy soldiers about to overrun the position, and succeeded in removing the seriously wounded and unconscious senior naval advisor to the water's edge. He then inflated the lieutenant's life jacket and towed him seaward for approximately two hours until picked up by support craft. By his extraordinary courage and perseverance, Petty Officer Thornton was directly responsible for saving the life of a superior officer and enabling the safe extraction of all patrol members, thereby upholding the highest traditions of the United States Naval Service. Now, Lieutenant Norris was shot in the head, by the way, and that's when Thornton charged back and grabbed him. For his valor and heroism, Thornton received the Medal of Honor from President Nixon in 1973. His best friend, Lieutenant Thomas Norris, the gentleman he grabbed, would receive the same award three years later. In the book by Honor Bound, Two Navy Seals, The Medal of Honor, and A Story of Extraordinary Courage, Thornton described the meaning 
of the medal and why he wears it. As for the medal, we wear it for those who served with us, who are no longer with us, or whose sacrifice and service went unnoticed. We wear it for all Americans who served with honor, and at times it can be a burden, but that's the nature of receiving this distinguished award. None of us like being held up as an example for others. I sure don't. But it comes with the medal. You not only have to live up to it, you have to grow into it. Thornton went on to receive other numerous medals and personal decorations, including a silver star and a bronze medal and a purple heart. In May of 1992, Thornton retired as a lieutenant. Thornton and Norris remained best friends and visited each other often. Navy veteran Michael Thornton. Thank you for your service. That's it for this week's episode. If you yourself would like to nominate a future Born the Battle Veteran of the Week so we can all learn their story, you can. Just send an email to podcast at va.gov, include a short write-up, and let us know why you'd like to see him or her as the Born the Battle Veteran of the Week. And if you like this podcast episode, hit the subscribe button. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, pretty much any podcatching app known to phone, computer, tablet, or man. For more stories on veterans and veteran benefits, check out our website, blogs.va.gov, and follow the VA on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, RallyPoint, LinkedIn, DEPT Vet Affairs, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. No matter the social media, you can always find us with that blue check mark. And as always, I'm reminded by people smarter than me to remind you that the Department of Veterans Affairs does not endorse or officially sanction any entities that may be discussed in this podcast, nor any media products or services they may provide. I say that because the song you're hearing now is called Machine Gunner, which is courtesy of the nonprofit Operation Song, and was written by Marine veteran Mark Milkilhenny, Nashville songwriter Jason Seaver, and Michael Duncan. Have a great day. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week. Take care. We gotta get them one way or the other. Machine gunner. Firefight bullets fly day and night rain. Simplify till we're another campaign. My desk is a rock where the drug lords cut up millions. My pen is a 7.62 round that'll cut them down in an instant. Point, click, pull the trigger to the tune of falling brass. Full benefits and a purple heart and a Russian made bullet in my bag. Raining down lead, punching that cock. I'm laying down cover Bullets fly, day and night rain Simplify, do or die, another campaign Here we go, lock and load Oh, 331, lug a thousand rounds And I ain't bringing back one